it really was not an easy thing to convince people to try organic. We went in there with like zero profit, just pushed it and pushed it until the consumer kind of became addicted. And mom's, she's awesome. Even if you know, she's shy, meek little mom. When it comes to her kids, she's going to fight and shout and scream for what's right for them. Welcome back to an all new season of Off the Gram, a show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Hey, Jame. Hey, girl. Hey. All right, Jamie here. So, Michelle Visser is an entrepreneur innovator and visionary behind the organic, sustainable revolution within the baby and kids fashion space. With a passion for guiding companies to fulfill their true potential, Visser has worked as a senior executive, entrepreneur, and business leader for some of the world's most successful brands. She has more than 25 years of experience in brand building with a focus on creating design-driven businesses with sustainable products and practices. Most recently, Michelle teamed up with Jessica Alba to launch Honest Baby Clothing on a quest to make natural and 100% organic baby and children's essentials more accessible to all families. Honest Baby Clothing is an expansion of the iconic Honest Company into the soft goods space and its development into a global, environmentally friendly, full lifestyle brand. Within its first few months of launch, the brand totally exceeded metrics with all retail partners from Bye Bye Baby to Target to Amazon to Nordstrom to Kohl's. Their holiday family jammy collection landed on the coveted Oprah's favorite things list in 2021. No big deal. Heidi here. So this isn't Michelle's first foray into the baby clothing space. Prior to Honest Baby Clothing, she founded Burt's Bees Baby which created a lasting space in the market for attainable organic cotton basics and fashion products. Under her leadership as CEO, the company tripled sales annually, exceeded performance metrics with all wholesale partners, and created a lasting space in the market for attainable organic cotton basics and fashion products. Visser spearheaded the successful creation of baby and children's divisions for Ralph Lauren and Amazon's private label, and worked as Executive Vice President, General Merchandise Manager, and Creative Officer for other leading brands, including Nike, Banana Republic, Levi's, and Pottery Barn Kids. Listen to today's show if you're stuck in a rut and want to learn how to think bigger and push the status quo. If you love the idea of a mission-driven business, and you'd love tips on how to remain aligned with your purpose, but make it profitable. Or if maybe you simply need some serious girl boss energy in your life and could use a boost of inspo from a true eco-minded baller. Michelle, welcome. We are so glad to have you here. We especially love boss babe entrepreneurs around here. You certainly are that in every sense of the word. Can you just start by kind of sharing a little bit of your backstory with us? I know I kind of framed it up in the introduction, but I just want to know how you kind of got to where you are today running Honest Baby Clothing and like also the inspiration to specifically get into the eco and sustainability space. How did that happen? And where do you see that space going? Great question. And it's so interesting because a lot of people that end up in this space, there's some massive moment in their life that just pivoted and changed everything, whether they were sick and had to come back healthier, they needed new choices. For me, it's really been, I mean, I'd say from birth, 
I have a Swedish mother, American father, and really spent a lot of my upbringing in Sweden. And, you know, you play with wooden toys and a couple of rocks. It's a very, very different upbringing. We had our own garden. We'd go out there and pick berries for lunch. I mean, really, that grassroots, it was wonderful. But it just kind of, you know, continued every step of the way. I um, have a lot of sisters. I've got five amazing sisters, three of which went to Duke. And I really wanted to take the creative path. My mom's an opera singer, dad a serial entrepreneur, and uh, that's going to Parsons and just worked my ass off, but fell in love with it. And women's was crazy intimidating for me at the time. I did a little bit of work with Donna Karen when I was in school. I'm like, I cannot take this stress. Everybody was too cool for school. So I um, (laughs) found menswear. (laughs) And in menswear and in kidswear, I just found that it was really based in quality. If someone likes the product, they keep coming back over and over. So I got obsessed with, you know, getting into men's and getting into kids and um, started working at The Gap long time ago when they were introducing kids and stayed there through Banana Republic, ended up overseeing the transition at Banana Republic when they took out the Jeeps and the palm trees, they brought in the suits. That was me. Uh-huh. I got to kind of like run them in for the day. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun time. I was working with Mickey Drexler, greatest merchant of the world. And, you Best. know, got really kind of obsessed with the uh, the whole merchandising thing. From there, I went to uh, to California, actually, had an opportunity to oversee the creative for Massimo. This guy is just off the charts when it comes to blue sky thinking, good enough is never good enough, push the envelope. And that was a ton of fun, but came back to Ralph Lauren and just fell in love with Ralph. Was there for about seven years and really learned sustainability there from a guy who will never put a product into market that is going to be disposed of next year. It is like timeless, evergreen classics from quality to design. Plus, he's just involved in everything. Ralph is in every design meeting, every merchandising meeting, and really fell in love with lifestyle design there. So realized that not just one product or one classification or one category, but if somebody has a need for a fitted crib sheet, you can just design their entire room because you've now got their interest. And from Pottery Barn, I actually had an opportunity to be CEO of subsidiary for Tiffany and Company. Greatest job ever. My office was on the same floor as the safe. It was so much fun. <laughs> the that most is so amazing cool. Yeah, that was so cool. really a cool job. And they are, and I still don't understand this about them, but Mike Kowalski, the CEO of the time, the chairman, I think still, really a believer in the planet and doing things for the greater good. Doesn't get out there and boast. You never hear about how sustainable Tiffany is and how the good guys they are, but they really take measures to do the right thing and make sure nothing ends up in landfill. And they're partitioning at the White House. They were just from a, like a, having a moral compass. That company is pretty spectacular. That's great to know. I don't think anybody knows that particularly. I agree. No one knows that. Why is it so secret? It is so crazy. I mean, there is stuff that is impossible to do when it comes to like taking metals out of the earth. That is not an earth-friendly process. But these guys really do anything and everything they can. And, you know, there's a line in their mission statement about how they really embrace the diverse communities around the world that they enter in to create their products. And they really do. So, um, you know, again, I think like all these learnings, I just kind of soaked up by these amazing mentors. Burt's Bees was an interesting one that happened pretty soon after Tiffany. Burt's Bees, um, their chairman reached out to me. They had spent about a billion dollars buying this little brand and they were kind of known for lip balm. Like, I think we maybe paid a lot for it and maybe we could, you know, (laughs) partner up and you could help drive some incremental revenue. I came back with like, let's turn it into a lifestyle. 
I like the brand DNA. I think they really, you know, want to do something good. If you kind of go back, I usually build brands based on looking at what they've done historically to sort of see how that can shape their future. Bert was a quirky guy. He was a sharpshooter in the army. Not exactly what you think of when you think of green and fuzzy brand, but he partnered up with Roxanne, this woman who's just a great artist, you know, a mom of like twin single mom. And just somehow I fell in love with what I thought the brand could be. And um, yeah, it was it was a ton of fun to go out there and try and explain to the world in like 2010 that we need to be greener and cleaner and we can make product in a mass way that can really help the planet. And so that was a very long haul to try and explain to Target, no, give organic a try. Because I know 10 years ago, people tried to do it, but the price was like prohibitive. It was like 300% higher than conventional cotton. But you and know, I feel like Bird's Bees baby stuff was one of the first mm-hmm. to do it. Like that was the first time I was seeing it in more of a mass marketed way. Yep. At least maybe it was also around the time I was having babies. So right, same I, like, James. Give me a thumbs up because we <laughs> like, both probably experienced that. All of the twins onesies. Yeah, Bees. me too. <laughs> and because you wanted that sustainability, and it was probably the first time that it wasn't just oh, only luxury moms on the Upper East Side can do this like frou frou woo woo sustainable thing. It was like no, no, we could all do better. I love to hear that you were actually a mom of the product. That makes me so happy. How old are they now? Four and seven. Oh, my My twins are seven and my son is four. (laughs) Twins, twins and a four-year-old. Wow, I have twins and I'm like, okay, I'm good. (laughs) No. Yeah, I mean, it's funny the way my twins were spaced out. My twins were still one when I found out that I was pregnant again. And I was like, oh, Oh my God. (laughs) You are my superhero. I always say it was the best surprise that I never knew was coming. So, yeah. But yes, they were all dressed in Burt's Bees at, in one season. So, thank you for yeah. creating that and letting us know about it. Yeah. Well, it was actually a lot of moms that were really reaching out and asking. It really was. I mean, I spent, um, you know, a couple years at Pottery Barn and it was just every brilliant idea, success story there was because moms were vocal. And when it came so to all of the crib sheets were Pottery Barn organic. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So that, but I, all so of our crib that, sheets. That was another interesting haul. I set up a room at Pottery Barn. I'm like, okay, we're going to go natural. And it looked natural, which wasn't necessarily a good thing at the time. There was lots of wood and ivory and white. They're like, yeah, Michelle, we do really well with bright color. And I'm like, so, but it worked at Bird's Bees. I mean, I took like my Swedish background and like these watercolor books that I had from but it really, it definitely was a lift. I mean, it really was not an easy thing to convince people to try organic. We went in there with like zero profit, just pushed it and pushed it until the consumer kind of became addicted. And mom's, she's awesome. Even if, you know, she's shy, meek little mom, when it comes to her kids, she's going to fight and shout and scream for what's right for them. And it was, um, it was amazing. I would go to these meetings with like, I mean, anybody at Amazon with Target and I bring this little jar of pesticide and it was like, you know, a third of a pound of pesticide. This is how much is in a conventional cotton bodysuit. And you know that this is what it takes to grow this cotton. You know, it's going to resonate into the, you know, into whoever is wearing it because the residuals of that are not not washed out. So it was really- And the skin is the body's largest organ. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, it permeates. So 
it was fun to really push that. But again, it was about a year, 10 years, 10 years just getting recognition. And at the same time, um, the philosophy has always been like, let's share best practices. Let's share why we need to get rid of plastic buttons and only use coconut. Let's share why you can't, you know, all of this kind of, and it's really fun to see like, you know, Monica and Andy's and, you know, even Carter's and Gerber's and these other companies now starting to do organics. And it's really wonderful. And, you know, Burt's has continued to um, just, it's so beautiful. It's been, you know, it's, it turned a little bit more into a niche brand and more girl. I think we put in a bunch of rugby stripes that I stole from Ralph Lauren because I'm like, we got to do something that's boy because otherwise it's very kind of girl brand. But it's really, it's, it really inspired doing something with an honest or somebody who could really just do it in a bigger scale. And really, let's make sure that every child in the world has the ability to both afford and, you know, from an attainable distribution perspective, get organic natural product. And so I got really excited when, you know, Honest asked if I would do the same thing. It was a hard thing because I, I still own a lot of Burt's Bees. And, um, but I think they've gotten to a nice little path. And now we really just need to push the limits more. We need to make sure there's less packaging and product. We need to make sure that there's no plastic, you know, and if so, it's completely recycled. We need to make sure that organic cotton is now becoming a trend and it's pushing prices out of where they really should be. And there's so much wonderful innovation going on. And Honest is a company that really welcomes, you know, challenging the status quo and innovation and pushing the limits. And I'm really excited with some stuff that we're currently working on that I really think is going to be a game changer in the world of sustainable products. Got to start with baby, get them early, get them addicted. Their parents have a chance to do it right all over again. <laughs> That's an amazing. And well, if they get the chance to do it right for, for the first time because they didn't choose when they were growing up, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love that. And I, I just want to say that like my son also had Albert's bees, all of the burp cloths, all of the, uh, what do you call it? The diaper changer covers, the yeah, change crib sheets. Covers. So, so you did boy too. There's a lot yes, of navy and did. a lot of powder blue. It was yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> no, and the boy product is so, okay. awesome. <laughs> That's so yeah. good to hear. I love so, to meet people that are buying I'm it. Like, you guys have to have more kids and get some honest now. Yeah. Well, I, I just get my, my twins use like the honest, um, you know, all the hair products and like all that. So, (laughs) so let's see. I mean, yeah, you'll tell us more about honest and like that, uh, customer, but I, I really want to, before we get into like those specifics, I would love Heidi here to talk about building a mission-based business. So I think that most people, I mean, like there's obviously some people out there just for dollars and cents, like those people exist. But I think that most people want to feel that, I know Jamie and I, I could say that for us, <laughs> we want to feel that our work makes a difference. And it doesn't always feel possible in the pursuit to earn a living sometimes. So do you have any advice for us, for a lot of our listeners who feel the same, for making purpose your North Star? That's such a great question. You know, it's so... um it's so interesting because also I find in building a team, if you have a purpose that really inspires you, it's so much easier to inspire an amazing team to join you and to stay with you. And I think that I am so fortunate with a team at Honest. They are just the greatest group of creatives and constantly pushing them, but they also are real believers um, in what we're building. So building a, a brand, any company that has a purpose that is greater than revenue, it's just unfathomable how the revenue just comes. It's almost like the more you try to do the right thing, the more it just keeps like growing. And um, it's almost contagious. 
I think with sustainable brands and any brand that is really giving back um, to the greater good through, you know, education and better products and practices and procedures, you're able to just push so much harder. I mean, we have a big mission at Honest Baby to really protect animals. And we are having some conversations with the World Wildlife Foundation. They're just such a beautiful organization. And we look at, you know, these species, and they're such an amazing barometer of how we're doing as a human race protecting our planet. And when you look at images of something like, you know, a red panda, um, they're like the miniature freaking panda and they're red. They're so gorgeous. And there are so few left in the world. Um, So it's our mission to kind of like, let's help them. Let's protect their environment. Let's protect the trees. Let's plant a tree in the name of every child who registers with us and keep contributing back. And it's so much fun to kind of, you know, work with our team and how they get so inspired with, you know, sharing these stories. So purpose-based brands just keep you going. They keep your your team engaged. They are. It's impossible to slow down and stop if you can help a little baby. I mean, we were challenged by one of our amazing retail partners just a couple of days ago to come up with some better outfits for the NICU for all the little preemies that are there. And I had twins and my, my God, they were so tiny. But it's just like- How tiny were yours? Um, my son was four pounds and he shrank the first few days because he was just not eating. And my daughter was, um, yeah, so they were, they were really little. She was just a little bit bigger. Both of mine were four pounds. Were they? I mean, it's amazing. I didn't realize. I'm like, they're so cute. Everyone's like, oh my God, they're tiny. I'm like, really? That's tiny? But in retrospect, it's nuts. But, um, yeah, so we got an opportunity to create, you know, clothes for them early on to make sure that, you know, with the umbilical cord, they weren't tucked in, that the snaps don't get hot next to the machinery, that they've got exactly lots of things to kind of help them swaddle, but also openings for, you know, the necessary tubes and all the other stuff that's going on. And it's just, you can't stop till you get that right. You know what I mean? So, and um, our team gets so engaged and it's really purpose-driven brands you just can't turn off. It's such feel-good. And it's also so stressful. It's like you don't go to sleep thinking, oh, I got all these wonderful love letters. You're like, oh my God, the one person who told me that they didn't like it because the blue color ran and their child's skin was a little gray when they took it off. I'm like, that's what keeps you up at night. <laughs> you know, That never happened, by the way. <laughs> no, we get it. Look, I mean, business is business and it's stressful no matter what, and especially when it matters so much to you. So to that end, as someone who's constantly running around myself and probably admittedly a bit above my bandwidth because we all just try to be super women, right? I'd love to hear your time management secrets. I mean, you have done so much, Michelle. So how do you manage to tend to your wellness and look after your mental health with the stressors and pressure of the business? Not very well, no. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being honest. (laughs) No pun was intended. (laughs) No, it's really funny because I'm a bit of an extremist, I have to admit. I'm not really good at moderation. So, you know, during COVID, we built the most over-the-top gym. So, you know, love to say we go down there all the time, but not really enough. We're avid walkers. Um, But I really, I don't know. It's not really work for me. I love what I do so much. My children are so involved. You know, they come to India. They, My daughter's involved in the writing of the business plans. My son is really out there helping talk about like the marketing campaigns because they're just younger and cooler than I am and I need their input now. But we don't really turn off. I'm a total insomniac. um, So that, you know, definitely helps be able to add some time. But there's really nothing better than kind of doing something you love 
and not really having a start and stop. And so I have my kids around all the time with what they're doing, what I'm doing. Um, I did take a couple of years away from the baby green business and went into the sustainable equestrian industry because my daughter's a big rider. I'm a horseback and, rider. Um, are you a rider also? Yeah, that was my entire life. Growing, I was actually a Seriously? professional for two years. No That's way. So, cool. we'll to, so yeah, so I was we'll on Dover talk about that later. I won't blow up your spot, but I want to ask you later who she rides. Yeah, I won't tell the world. I just you got to tell me. <laughs> that definitely, definitely will circle back on. But yeah, so I think the secret for for um, kind of the work life balance and maintaining a healthy mind and body is just love what you do and don't put a divide. Blend it with your with your family and your friends. And I have no secrets. I brainstorm with everybody. All my greatest ideas are from my kids or coworkers or friends or family. It's really you guys are right now in my dining room slash conference room. And we actually had the work at home strategy for, you know, almost 20 years now. I've launched every business from here. And when Zoom happened with COVID, I'm like, wait a second, that was our edge. I could always get the greatest people because they could work from home. Now everyone else is doing it. So really- Well, they're calling everyone else back now. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. (laughs) So you're back to your edge. Love it. Okay. So- Heidi here. I personally strive so hard to imbue my children with my values of green, non-toxic, vegan lifestyle, and a focus on sustainability. Because I've read all the things. I've watched all the documentaries. I see the dangers you know, that are coming and all the side effects of the current society that we live in. We are not in Sweden. <laughs> so what? I, I, I had to throw that one in because they are not the US. The US is not Sweden. Um, sustainability. So in your opinion, like your personal opinion, what are the dangers our children will face if we don't innovate to be more eco-minded all around? You know, it's, um, I try to say there's no chance that's going to happen. They are too smart. They are too fast to realize, you know, the impact and everything. And then there's the other side of me that's like, wow, this is um, younger generation, you know, kids who are really starting to kind of like resonate, you know, in their tweens and their teens and like, what can they do? How can they have less of an impact. Why are we taking garbage out, you know, twice a week when I'm in, married to a German and when I'm hanging out with his mother-in-law? We have one tiny little bag at the end of the week. Like there is nothing that is left over. The impact is so tiny on the planet. So I think with kids, you just nag and you never give up. And at the same time, they really push back and, and train me other things that they can do and better things that they can do. And whether it's donating product or, or selling product or letting product live longer, things don't just get thrown away. I think the whole recycle, reuse, repurpose can be made very creative. I mean, the stuff that we're able to do with like, you know, cans and stuff that we get once upon a time, but just the little impact is helpful. Try not to make it daunting so that you have to change your life. I think that's what's so wonderful about you know places like The Honest Company. You don't necessarily, you're not preaching and telling people, do not buy that. Don't buy that plastic bucket to put your flowers in. It's horrible. It's just use it over and over and make sure you do recycle it when you can. If you can choose recycled versus just conventional. So try to make the right choices without hampering your life or making it difficult challenge because that's just going to backfire. But I, I loved t- you know, sharing old war stories with my kids, having them roll their eyes, but then trumping me with like better and greener practices of what they're doing and what they're doing in their school and what they're learning. So it's, it's unfortunately never enough. So we'll continue nagging and pushing. <laughs> 
I love your sense of optimism, though, because, it, you know, I really, yeah, it, it can seem a little bleak otherwise, yeah. right? So let's believe that they get it and that everyone's going to try to keep doing better and better and cross our fingers yeah. <laughs> for the best. Because there's a lot, because I think also part of Heidi's questions is like, her question was, what dangers loom ahead? Like, we all watch the documentaries and they scare the you-know-what out of us. Jamie and, and I text just, about them at night. That's what keeps us up at night. Yeah. Oh, that's horrifying, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. keeps us up, you know? My mom's a cancer survivor, and I just think what's possible in all of our futures is terrifying. Yeah, that I completely agree with. And I think, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever read Stepping into the 21st Century, a book I fell in love with, you know, 20 years ago. And it was petrifying just looking at kind of what's happening in the universe. And if you just, you know, put it on the trajectory and then somehow things happen, you know, every five to 10 years that is pretty drastic in terms of changing. And I'm hoping it's like the millennials or people that are just not satisfied. They're absolutely refusing to buy something if it is not healthy, safe, um, has a healthy contribution, does not leave a strong impression. They want an experience, not just product. So I think we are being pushed to make some drastic changes. I don't know what they are yet, but I think in our little way um, and what we're trying to build and working with our factories, I think we're all on the cusp of coming onto something. We have a lot that we're thrilled about in recycle versus just organic. It is such an amazing story, so much less impact, but it is horrifying and you will never get any sleep if you look at where we are headed. So we need a drastic mm -hmm. change. No, I mean, literally, uh, it's it's absolutely terrifying. And, and I think a lot of people don't even know about using recycled materials about how wonderful it can be. You know, I also sell a clothing line. And I think the older consumers I sell to because I'm on QVC, they think recycled means like it's going to feel hard. Mm -hmm. And it's so the opposite. Yeah. The recycled materials that we use are unbelievably soft, yeah. fabulous, dynamic fabrics. And I just think there's a lot of excitement about the direction. We could harp on this, the fear, but there's yeah. also a lot of excitement about where things have gone in the technology. So I just thought I'd throw that one in from a personal anecdotal And how level. old is Honest skewing with clothing? And will you keep going up? We are, um, so we were going to focus up to 24 months when we first launched um, we are really growing beyond that. We've gone through toddler, so we went up to five years old. Then we went to seven, introduced tween. Now we are doing the entire family, and actually, um, we're launching tomorrow. I saw the pajamas. Aren't they awesome? Right? Aren't they? Amazing? They're amazing. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about those. So last year, thank you, Oprah, for shouting us out as her favorite um, PJs. We became um, the number one selling PJ brand last year, immediately, and Yay! then of course sold out. So this year we are back with a vengeance. Many more prints, many more colors. So yeah, the whole family and launching either today or tomorrow our pet. Because come on. <gasps> and you have to, oh. right? So excited. So that's going to keep growing. Oh. But um, yeah, so wonderful. The most beautiful pet beds are so cute. Okay, this is going to sound so ridiculous, but you have to take a picture with your pet, of course, right? And it's more than the bandana or like, so we've got the coats, we've got the leash, we've got the collar, we've got the freaking dog bed that matches your PJs now. But it is Amazing. so ridiculous. It is so cute. Best Christmas card ever or right? holiday card. But Christmas is great. Yeah. Heidi, I smell a good addition to our holiday gift guide. Yes, we'll have to circle back definitely. and talk about that because that sounds... Yeah. Perfect. And as somebody with a Bernadoodle who is very much a part of my family, right. I need it all. <laughs> I need it all. Um, okay. So as we round the corner here, I want to ask you what I've has been on my mind since I literally read your bio, which is just a 
question about confidence, right? Because we have so many fabulous female listeners who are in all stages of their life. You know, they're anywhere from entrepreneurs to solopreneurs to mompreneurs to stay-at-home moms to side hustle, you know, women that have all this stuff going on. But we all have self-doubt. And it's such a crazy world that we live in. I think people probably just look at you and kind of think you're superhuman because you've had this trajectory through all of our favorite brands. I mean, every brand I probably have an email from in my inbox right now, you mentioned on this show today, right? All the brands we all love and shop. So the reality is, though, you are human, right? Just like anyone listening to this show right now is. So if you can do it, perhaps they can too. So any last words to kind of inspire the masses? You are so nice. That is such a, such a sweet and flattering thing to say. I will say that... Um, I am a really big believer that it is motivating to be nervous and shy and scared. I think my son is an amazing tennis player. He's uh, been top 10 in the country for, you know, several years now, really gets petrified when he goes on. And I'm like, you know what, if you weren't nervous, you wouldn't care. And it's like people that I see that are shy and they go up and they public speak and they're a little bit nervous in the beginning. I'm like, that is such a compliment to the audience that you care. So completely embrace that and realize that if you are a little bit nervous, it means that you care about the impact. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. The more experience you get when you start taking it for granted and not being nervous or not getting paralyzed with a fear factor sometimes, you know, there's something wrong. You don't care enough. I think really embrace it and learn by it. And, you know, you can make it a little bit easier maybe when you're looking at things like we really are helping the planet. We've made a significant difference in our production facilities. My factories are carbon neutral. I'm so proud of them. We can't give up. We keep fighting for things that are bigger than us. That takes a little bit of the nervousness away. The only other thing I guess I'll say is if you get almost paralyzed with that kind of fear factor, just get busy. When you get busy at what you're doing, you stop thinking about yourself and the minutia and how you're perceived and it just starts to kind of flow. So yeah, I think it's um, embrace those feelings, appreciate that it means you're doing something you love and you just want to, you know, make it make a big difference. So it's, um, it's a wonderful feeling. I love it. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Okay. So we have one very last question for you before we wrap up. And it's a segment that we call Jane Karma Call. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I always, you, we usually make Megan say it, who's our co-host who's currently recovering, but Jamie has totally stepped into her. I really feel like I've, I've been it nailing it, Heidi. I'm pretty proud. You are <laughs> nailing it. Thank you. The enthusiasm is amazing. But I'm the resident yogi. So I always explain that karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask each and every one of our super inspiring guests, you, what is one small actionable item that our listeners could try for a week or two that would yield a large result? So small action, big result. Can be drinking water every day, something simple. Small action, <laughs> big result. Try to wake up every morning for one week and ask yourself what you are really grateful for and what you have been able to impact so far in your family, in the planet, in your business. And this immense gratitude starts building that you take into your day and you try to outdo it. Ask yourself in the morning what you're what you're happy about, what you're proud about, and um, you will start compounding that 
in ways that are like supernatural. It's really phenomenal. Oh, I, I will tell you one more story. Beautiful. You guys can't, can't really share this, but um, we have this game. Oh, can't that I share play. this one? Well, you can, but if it doesn't, if it sounds, sounds dorky, then please edit it out. But okay. we have this game that we play <laughs> in my family. <laughs> and so for dinner, I try to force my kids to have dinner with me all the time. Um, they've gotten a little bit more slack about it, but we try to, we have this ridiculous game, we're total capitalists. There's a dollar, just a dollar in the middle of the table. And um, everybody, there's a winner. So we all vote on each other. You have to say, everybody has a goal. So what did you do that day to get closer to your goal? What did you learn? What's the one thing you learned today that you didn't know this morning, you know, now at the end of the day? And what did you do to be unconditionally nice to someone? So who did you open a door for? What did you do not expecting anything back? And it's so funny because our personalities really come out. But just with these three things, the beginning, you know, the the game just grows and grows and grows. And when you know you're going to be asked at the end of the day, what did you do that was just unconventionally nice without any alternative motive, what happened. And it's really fun to see um, when you think about little things like that. So I think the same thing happens with my morning gratitude exercise, just telling yourself like, you know, wow, what am I really grateful for? And, um, you know, you know, what have I really impacted? And it just, it snowballs in one week to see what happens. Try it. <laughs> I'm obsessed anyway. with that. We're not editing Bye. it out because it's the greatest advice I've ever heard. And <laughs> I'm doing it with my family today. You know, I always yeah, it's way better than my least favorite favorite party that I had kids. <laughs> yeah, like, I always at night I'm always like, how can I? What's the right question to ask my kids? You ask them how their day was at school. And I don't know. I don't know. Ask them a targeted question and having it be systematic yeah. over the every night the same question it makes for more thoughtful humans yeah. during the day. And I just love that. Yeah, it's fun and it's fun because you get to tell them about your day a little bit too, and you kind of get to think you know, as well. And then voting on each other is really the fun thing. I've got twins also and watching them vote on each other is like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So good time. You guys are amazing. Well, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, where can our listeners find you on the gram and just kind of keep an eye out for all that you're doing? That's a good question. I think probably the best thing to do is to go to honestbabyclothing.com. I think that's where you can see everything that we're doing as a team. And we are so fortunate to be, you know, one of the fastest growing brands in baby. And I will tell you our secret is that moms tell us what they need and what they want. And we really try to fulfill that need. So they know more than we do. Just, you know, keep writing in. And and you two are like, seriously, you make everything so comfortable. And I love your questions and your thought process. And I love that you stay up at night with like, you know, what's harming the world and how can we make it better? That is so inspiring. Well, thank you for being the one who's making it better. So we appreciate you. We appreciate all that you do. And as two moms that are, you know, your demographic of people that you're listening to, we appreciate being heard. So thank you for everything that you do. And again, thank you to everybody at home for listening along. Don't forget to follow us on the gram at Off The Gram Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere podcasts can be consumed so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time. 